Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, our weekly interview segment. I am very, very excited. We've had a great lineup so far, and thanks for supporting our show. Uh, to welcome to the show today, Candace Owens. Yes, Candace Owens, who has been a phenomenal activist for the conservative cause. She has done a great job. She has a book coming out called Blackout. Coming out soon, we'll address that on the show in the interview. As always, I record these uh, these intros and the outs after it's done. We're going to hit a lot of topics in this interview. Uh, it's really terrific. She addresses being attacked up on Capitol Hill by a bunch of sleazy Democrats, some debates she's had on a left-wing television network, and some other really, really great questions about the black vote, why Trump has succeeded with the black vote. She has very unique insights into the culture. Today's show, folks, is brought to you by our friends at Helix Sleep. They have a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Helix Sleep, the best mattresses out there. You a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, you like plush or a firm bed. With Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's the most comfortable mattress the Bongino's family ever slept on. We have two of them here. We love both of them. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress for you for the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. I promise you will. This is a great company, great mattresses. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Helix, sleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go there today and check it out. Folks, today's show is also brought to you by our good friends at Vincero. Vincero, my favorite watches. Ladies and gentlemen, you are probably overpaying for a watch right now if you are not wearing a Vincero watch. Look at that. That is the Chrono S. That's a beauty. That's the blue on brown Chrono S for Vincero. Vincero watches, I'm telling you, you're overpaying. If you are not, these, I get compliments about this watch everywhere I go. They're back as a sponsor. They must send all my listeners a huge thank you with the holiday season. They're feeling very thankful for the love and support you've shown for all their brands. It's the only watch I'll wear, folks. This is, the, I'm telling you, this is sharp. This thing just, it's the best watch ever. You're going to get more compliments on this watch. These guys are one of my favorite sponsors. You have to check out the watches on their site. Use promo code Bongino before Christmas. Get great deals. You already know how much I support Vincero. They make stunning, unbelievable quality watches for a price you will not believe. They have over 19,000 five-star views. Look at that Chrono S. Come on. That is a beauty. The weight on this thing is tremendous. I have, look at this one. Feel the weight. I have two of them here. Look at the weight on. Look at the band on that. This is high quality materials, folks. Head on over to Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com slash Bongino. Check out my favorite picks. Take advantage of the discounts today. Vincero's not like other traditional brands that don't care about the quality of the products. The weight on these, the quality, the glass, the leather, top notch. You are overpaying. I'm telling you, if you're paying five and $10,000 for a watch that doesn't look this good, you're making a big mistake. They will love this watch. Paula, how much you love this watch? This is a buy you won't regret. When you shop with Vincero, you know who you're buying from. Vincero puts the customer experience among everything else. You have a question, there's always a person on the other side of the phone waiting to answer. They can make uh, personalized gifts. It's a perfect time to pick up a timepiece for that significant other. You can engrave a message you choose, like your favorite quote, name, or anniversary date. It's the best possible gift because it's tailored with a personal touch. You get it from Vincero, and it's already in super, super sleek packaging and has a wow factor when open. This deal really is too good to pass up. Go to Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com. 
forward slash Bongino and use my discount code Bongino for a discount at checkout. Do not pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Use my code Bongino at checkout, VinceraWatches.com. All right, without further ado, our good friend and a great conservative activist, Candace Owens. All right, I'd like to welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, uh, due to high demand, I mean, we're only four interviews in, I got about 100 emails saying, you've got to get Candace Owens on. So I emailed her and I said, Candace, please, you got to do our interview show. Everybody loves you. Even my doctor who fixes my elbow loves Candace Owens. Candace, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And can I just say, I love the Elbow Doctors of America. Oh, well, they love you too. I'm not kidding. The guy who fixed my elbow, his name is Wade. He wanted me to specifically tell you how much he adores you and the way you debate and bring it to the libs. So I'm not messing with you. He's a great guy too. And he's like, so you got to tell her that. So I promised him and I stuck to my word, Wade. So there you go. Now you heard her. She heard it. You heard it. So listen, you've become really a, a tremendous voice in the conservative movement. I don't think there's any disputing that. Uh, your social media presence, your debating skills are really second to none. My wife and I were watching some of your, your material in preparation for this. So my first question is kind of a general one. I think the audience would just like to know, like, how did you find conservatism? I mean, why not get into, you know, athletics, uh, you know, being a doctor, a lawyer? How did you get into this and become such a, a figure in this movement? Uh, quite accidentally, I mean, I think the, pe the person that you'd have to thank for Candace Owens is really the left um, for overplaying their hand. Um, I was someone who was not politically inclined, uh, burdened by debt, by, by student debt early in my life. And um, it wasn't politics what didn't really have my attention. Um, and then when Trump started running, I, I sort of watched the media do a job on him, which, by the way, I did not think he should have been president when he came down the escalator. I was like, oh, you know, he's a... He's the guy that says you're fired. We don't need this cultural figure in the presidency. But then they just started going nuts, and they were saying he's a racist, a sexist, a misogynist. And I grew up in a very cultural community listening to hip-hop. Everybody loved Trump, Beyonce, Jay-Z, everyone right. was, wanted to be sipping poolside at Mar-a-Lago. And just like <laughs> that, they wanted me to believe um, that he was a racist. And I thought, oh, did he just become racist? Um, the last three decades, nobody cared. And now he's, he's an avowed racist. So I just started to ask some questions. And when I came out and made one video on YouTube, just saying I was a conservative, no support behind Trump whatsoever, um, they attacked me. And I, I instantly realized um, that they really are not our allies. They want us to be ideological slaves. When I say we, I'm speaking, I'm speaking particularly about Black America. Well, it's interesting because it, we've been told by the media forever that the Democrats and the media are kind of the caretakers for Black America, protecting them against these evil conservatives. But, but Candace, and by the way, Candace Owens has an upcoming book, which we'll be showing the cover frequently during this interview, Blackout. It is available for pre-sale now. Folks, please support Candace's great work. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pre-order it today. It's called Blackout by Candace Owens. Please pick it up. But one of the things I find odd, Candace, is we've been told that myth for a long time. You, of course, figured that out uh, on your own through direct experience. But, uh, you know, you go to a MAGA rally, and I think you and I can both agree, the safest, uh, most warm environment for Black America today is that a MAGA rally. One of the most dangerous places is wearing a MAGA hat at a Black Lives Matter rally for a Black Lives Matter rally for Black America. Am I wrong in that analysis here? 
no, you're absolutely right. Um, and which is why, you know, I, I raised the challenge and I wear my MAGA hat everywhere I go. When I travel, people see me. I wear my MAGA hat um, in airports and it's to signify to Democrats and to liberals that I'm not one of theirs. They, they don't own me. There's nothing proprietary about my ideas based on the color of my skin. Um, and, I, and I really uh, have challenged and made a call for black America to all have the audacity to, to do the same, to tell people um, that we have to debate based on better ideas, uh, not on appearances and not on sexes and not on genders, which I think currently we're at about 86 genders. So <laughs> <laughs> are we, is that we at 86? Yeah, I'm sorry that we're at 72. I'm wrong. Uh, you know what? I, I was not a big fan of, of George W. Bush. I'm more of a conservative, nice guy. Personally, I worked for him and it's not a personal knock, but one of the things he said regarding school choice and education that I always thought was a, you know, really incredible quote is he talked about the soft bigotry of low expectations. And that always resonated with me because I feel like it applies to liberal um, and the media treatment of the black community, um, infantilizing them, uh, speaking down to black men and women, um, talking mm -hmm. to them as if they somehow have different standards, um, using just bizarre terminology to, to refer to black America where they would never talk about middle-class white America like that. Uh, and, and it's just... And one of the perfect examples I've seen of this is actually one of your clips where you get into a, a just folks, if you haven't seen the YouTube of Candace Owens debating Crystal Ball on the Hill TV, uh, Crystal Ball's her name. It starts with a K. Uh, watch it because Crystal, you can tell immediately goes to she gets uncomfortable and goes right to Candace for this like speak for all of black America question. And it's just like an infantilizing, like because you have a higher melanin content to your skin, Candace, that somehow you don't have, uh, you can't talk about other issues. It's just that we have to talk about. It's really bothersome. Right, right. And that, that is a, it's a great interview for people to watch. Yeah. With Crystal Ball on the Hill. And I was with um, Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. And it was remarkable because all she wanted to do was to put me against the wall based on the color of my skin. You know, Charlie was engaged in dialogue with her and she turns to me and she asks, well, you know, do you think Trump has enough black people on the administration? And what an <laughs> insulting question. Why don't right, you ask right. me about his policies? Do you think I care right. about the color of the skin in Trump's administration? Like I'm counting and going, oh, two black people, one Hispanic. And that really, it really does get to the nucleus of what the left is today, Dan Bongino. Look at the commercials. One Asian, one lesbian, one, you know, one trans uh. person. I mean, they're, they're, they're almost like checking boxes to say, look at how, how diverse uh. and cool we are. I don't care. I do not care. I either like your product or I either like your ideas. And I, and, and I think that that really is, um, it really spells out what the left vision is to divide us all up based on what we look like and not what we think. You know, I want to get back to some of this because you have this great book coming out, Blackout. Pick it up, folks. Blackout, available for pre-order uh, pre now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Please support Candace's work. She does a really great job. Moving on to some other issues. We can get back to some of that later. Um, impeachment. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. This seems to have imploded on the Democrats in just spectacular fashion. Swing state polls uh, moving against impeachment after they made their best case. Uh, you've seen black voter support up, up upwards of 34 percent. I saw in one poll uh, independents moving further against impeachment. A poll I saw uh, last week, a Washington Examiner, 52 uh, percent of Americans now against impeachment. I mean, are. You and I, I think, have a unique insight into the left, me having run for office and you being just an, uh, I mean, target number one for liberals just about every day of the week because you challenge every one of their, uh, you know, so we have kind of a, uh, every one of their, their, their stereotypes about us, but we have unique insight to them. And 
I've always thought they were tactically smarter than this. What am I missing? I, this is really dumb. Right. And, and honestly, as soon as you said, let's talk about and think about impeachment, you can't think about it because it's just so foolish. As soon as you try to think, it makes a fool of you and me. Right. None of this makes any sense. And I say all the time, who's doing their marketing? It, it, it's remarkable to think that after the biggest election upset in American history in 2016, that they didn't say, OK, let's sit down and get back to the basics and, and retro assess what we did wrong. Instead, they, they emerged and they said, you know what? We just didn't do enough of what we were doing, right? We, we called, we called half of them racist. Let's call all of them racist, right? But let's, let's say there's more people, uh, that are being sexually assaulted and, and, you know, the Me Too movements and, and trying to take down more men. They did not humble themselves after the 2016 election, which to me no. is absolutely extraordinary. And what they're doing now on a grander scale is what they did to me in 2014. They're overplaying their hand, you know, because you, you, you called Trump racist, okay, in 2015. Some people believed it. Um, now the results are in, Dan. The results are in. Yeah. Black America is doing amazing under this presidency, way better than we did under eight years of Obama. The economy for America is up. We, I mean, the, the stocks, I, can't, I don't think they can get any higher. And I don't mean to say that as a direct challenge to the president, because I know that he will deliver higher, <laughs> higher stock market. Um, okay. So what are they doing here? Is, is they're throwing in the towel on their entire party. What's going to happen in America is what happened in the U.K. Um, with, with Boris Johnson. Uh, the conservatives are going to win by a landslide in 2020. Candace, you've been associated with the Blexit uh, movement, Black Exit from the Democrat Party. It's gained just incredible popularity. There's been another, uh, uh, you've actually spawned uh, an entire, uh, another group of folks, Jexit and other, uh, other, <laughs> other folks as well who've taken inspiration <laughs> from you. And I think a lot of people uh, on the conservative movement, me included, have felt like, listen, uh, you know, I don't want to pile on the Republican Party now. There's certainly the Democrats do that enough, but I think we can be candid and open and say they haven't done a good job in the black community. They just haven't. I mean, I ran in Maryland, one of the highest populations of black voters in the country, and we didn't even have offices up anywhere near Baltimore, which has a large population of black voters. Um, I think it's been a really, really poor outreach job. What is Trump, though, doing differently that seems to have moved this? I mean, we have been locked in at 10, 15 percent max Black voters supporting the Republican Party for decades now. We're seeing polls upwards of 34%. What is it? Is it the, the charisma, the style? Is it the results? I, I, I mean, I is it all of it? What is it? Um, well, first, I want to say that you're absolutely right in, in critiquing the Republicans as well. And I've always said this, so, you know, Democrats made the mistake of taking the black vote for granted. The Republicans made the mistake of giving up on the black vote. They, there was no effort. Yeah. Um, and they just said, Amen. oh, forget it. Just let the left have those margins. Uh, what Trump has done different is Trump is Trump is cultural. Um, and I, I always boil it down to one word. Trump has the audacity. I mean, he does things sometimes. And I just go, oh, my goodness, the staggering amount of audacity right, that it took to say those things. To have the audacity when someone calls you a racist, right? Like Elijah Cummings called him a racist. What, what did Trump do? He turned to him and he said, no, you're the racist. Look what you've done to your community. There has been no Republican in the history of America that has had that amount of audacity to call the Democrats what they are. And in my opinion, they are the real racist. We're talking to Candace Owens, the author of the upcoming book, Blackout, again, available for pre-order now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Please check it out. You know, you said something important there, and I think you've had a large influence in the Republican Party in the last few years because of a very profound moment that I think was undersold by the liberals. You know, Andrew Breitbart had that old expression that politics is downstream of culture, and Andrew was right. He was absolutely prescient. Until we change the culture and the perception around the Republican Party, the issues are irrelevant. 
I, I guess what I mm -hmm. mean by this is having run for office and knocked on a lot of doors in Baltimore County, Prince George's County, a very wealthy, largely black county. I found knocking on doors running for office that a lot of the black voters, you know, not all, I don't do stereotypes like the left, but a lot of the black voters I spoke to, I would say to them, they say, well, what party are you from? I say, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you what I stand for quick. And then you tell me what party I'm from. And I would finish and they'd say, I don't know, Democrat or because they know Republican ever knocked on their door. I say, no, I'm a Republican. And then they were wow. shocked and the conversation would change. But it was weird because they agreed with you on everything. They're largely, mm -hmm. again, largely pro-life, hardworking, concerned with the economy, business, their kids, the cost of education, better schools, all conservative values. And then you tell them you're a Republican. Um, I'm sorry, I, I'm not interested, which says to me it's a culture problem. And I bring that up because you've had a really deep impact here. Your interactions, I know with Kanye West, uh, that that's important. I, I don't idolize anybody. I know you don't either. We don't make golden calves out of anyone. But Kanye West is a really important cultural figure to a lot of people. And I think the general message he was putting out there of think for yourself really matters and can really have an impact. Your thoughts on that? I mean, absolutely. And look, I was I was laughed at by the left and the right by saying by, by embracing Kanye when he came over, because I listened to his music my entire life. I knew Kanye was a conservative just by interpreting his music and and his interviews and the things he says. But people were so uncomfortable in the Republican movement with Kanye West because they don't do culture. Right. They think that we should be writing um, theses and handing them out and try and thinking that that's going to persuade black Americans to take a look at the party. Right. And there, there's something yes. snobbish about that. There's something snobbish about the fact that when I first started making videos, I was intentionally doing them as, as these short minute uh, flash in the pan videos that were funny and used humor and that were super digestible. And one of the first people that wrote a hit piece about me was the National Review saying this is the sort of conservatism we ought to reject because it's, it's funny and it's attainable because Kanye is making music and that's understandable when he makes an album that says Jesus is King uh, rather than standing up and preaching about, um, you know, your conservatism. And he's, he's making an album and music moves people and he's going around and he's yeah. doing concerts. So I've always believed in culture, and um, and I've stood up against critics that said that you're not allowed to do that. And I, I think that we are having the most impact today because we are independently saying, this is my style. If we don't have any sense of style and we keep letting the left be the ones that create humor and do Saturday Night Live and mock us, we're going to continue to lose. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I have been the victim as well, uh, not in a snowflakey way. I actually relish a good fight. I know you do, too. It keeps my knuckles sharp. But I have been on the receiving end, I should say, of Republican Swamp Rat Inc. Um, and they're the, you know, Candace, you and I are just not smart enough to be doing this. You know, we actually worked in the real world and like had real jobs and did real things. So because we weren't in a think tank, Candace, and didn't write a bunch of white papers on the Thomas Malthus uh, and the and the, the effects of the Laffer curve, um, we clearly are not smart enough. Now, keep in mind, I think what's different about you and me is we can argue those issues too, uh, but we just see that the bigger fight may be in the culture first before we get there. You know, what are the... Uh, best lines I ever heard was from a candidate for office in Maryland who said to me, the biggest mistake the Republican Party makes is they walk in a methadone clinic and they want to talk about the Laffer curve, um, which is important, the Laffer curve. But that may be not the time for that. Like we're in the middle right. of a massive culture war here and your videos were great. You're, you used to be on Twitter, Red Pill Black, and I loved, right. loved your videos. And matter of fact, I worked at a place prior to Fox where I'm at now. And I told them, I think I may have told you this story in person. I said, you have to go and hire this woman immediately. I said, look at these videos. They're great. 
And then you had just gone nuclear and it was already over. But your videos were <laughs> tremendous. And I agree. And and I, if you could speak a minute on that, this I call it GOP Swamp Rat Inc. Well, I don't get it. Like why the internal fighting, the real fight is against the leftists that want to absolutely decimate conservative values and take the republic with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is an undercurrent, uh, uh, an undercurrent of this, like this pretension, pretentious nature of conservative, some conservatives, you know, I went to Harvard and got this and I went to Oxford and got this, whatever it is. And they feel that the only way that we can win is by, you know, being super well polished um, and, and presenting things in a format like we're all professors on college campuses. Um, and they think that people that don't develop that style shouldn't be listened to. Um, and that somehow makes them less intelligent. I actually think it takes a higher IQ to understand the impact of culture. I actually think this is why Trump is so brilliant. Trump got on the stage and made things really digestible. Hashtag lock her up, right? This is the stuff that <laughs> allowed conservatives yeah. um, to actually uh, uh, gain some yardage again um, on, on the cultural football field. And this is thanks to Trump. Trump understands culture better than anybody else. He's funny. I like to watch him speak. I can't remember ever saying, oh, I'd, I'd love, really like to watch this person at a rally speak, um, you know, uh, for hours on end. But because he's so it, funny, and it's he's amazing. so original yeah. and he's self-deprecating, he draws us into him. Um, so we have a lot to learn. Um, and, and I definitely think that people should be more gracious and exercise more humility uh, in the conservative movement if we want to continue to win. I know your time is valuable. He's got a few more questions for you and I'll let you roll. But you were up on Capitol Hill recently in another, you're like the queen of viral <laughs> video. I mean, people <laughs> love your stuff. It's. I think the doctor sent me that one too, the elbow diet. Look at this. I'm like, I saw it. I saw it when it happened. I always watch Kansas <laughs> stuff. But you're up on Capitol Hill and um, you're giving testimony up there and there is a, a, a white college professor. And again, only no, we don't care about her. It's only notable because of what she said, not because she's white. But uh, of course, she's smarter than us because she's a professor and, you know, we don't really know anything. She's, uh, you know, we're the great unwashed. And she's there and she's she decides she's going to turn and attack you. Obviously, she doesn't know you. Uh, that was a really, really bad idea. I could have warned her in advance if she would have taken my advice. But she turns on Capitol Hill and decides it's a good idea to attack you by mischaracterizing something you said and trying to make you out to be some kind of like racist yourself. Most of our audience has seen the cut. It's amazing. But what's going through your head as you're sitting there up on Capitol Hill in this congressional hearing, watching this elitist snob with her nose in the air, try to impugn your your bona fides and accuse you of being like a racist? Was that bizarre or what? I mean, first and foremost, I, I, my anger, the anger that I was feeling towards Jamie Raskin, who was the ranking chairman of that committee, um, who just yeah, so you guys know, he's about the size of an imp. I mean, excuse me, this is like, he's a little hobbit, right? And he's sitting up on that thing, acting like he's tough, banging his gavel, allowing the people to turn around and attack me one by one. That is so out of character. It is not the job of witnesses to speak to one another when you're at a hearing. So I just felt my blood boil. And then I just, uh, I just said to my, my God, look at the irony of these white people, three white people standing to talk about white supremacy. We're all now turning to the only black person that is on the witness stand <laughs> and chastising her for telling, telling the truth, which is that, you know, white supremacy is not a problem in America. I do not know a single black person that fears walking down the street in this country because of white supremacy and, and the rise of hate crimes. It's just false. It's a narrative and it's an election narrative that they spent a lot of time on. I think they've had three, four, five hearings on white supremacy, no hearings on black on black crime. If your ultimate goal is to save black people, why don't you start talking about the streets of Chicago or the streets of Baltimore? Why don't you start talking about what's going on in the black neighborhoods? Because that's a way bigger threat when 95 plus percent of Black Americans are being slaughtered at the hands of other Black Americans in this country. Why don't you do a hearing on abortion? 
And, and I think the the point too, Candace, there is white supremacists are so. I mean, I can't think of anything worse to call someone now other than a pedophile. Listen, our country, there's no doubt about it. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Has a scarred history of the race. No one should ever run away from that. There are people alive today who lived through the horrors of Jim Crow. You know, when I worked the inauguration for Barack Obama, I didn't agree with the man, obviously. But having, you know, sitting there in the freezing cold on Pennsylvania Avenue, Watching the first black president walk down the street and seeing the tears in the eyes of many people who lived through Jim Crow really moved me. And I knew that meant something to the country and everyone else. I honestly thought, though, shame on me, that that was going to be a moment that changed things, that we would get away from this constant, well, let's turn this on the left and let's turn this on the right and just say, listen, well, what just happened? And I don't think we're at that point. I think the left is absolutely obsessed with identity politics, and I'm just not sure Anytime soon, they're ever going to get away from that because these attacks work because precisely think about it, Candace. The only reason calling conservatives racist works is because being a racist is the worst thing you could possibly be in the greatest country on Earth, America. Right. And, and, and I have to say, I don't think the left is ever going to change. Um, I, and they only use Barack Obama as a prop, you know, the same way that they use gay people, lesbian people, trans people as props to garner power for themselves. And, and Barack Obama, I don't believe, had any real power. Um, you know, I think he was indebted to his donors who were a lot wealthier than him and got him in the spot that he was in. And unfortunately, he made race issues worse in this country. Um, unfortunately, if, if you think you're going to put a black person in the forefront of the country and it's going to make race issues better, that black person better be a conservative and believe conservative principles. <laughs> yeah. I got just two more questions for you. First, just some that your thoughts on, on this whole Spygate Russian collusion hoax and why they won't give it up. I mean, is it, I mean, I've, I, this has been for me, it's, I've been all over it for, for two years now. I'm just so obsessed with it having been a federal agent, but they're trying this again on Boris Johnson. Unbelievably. There's an article in the guardian today by Glenn Simpson, a fusion GPS fame, accusing the conservatives in Britain, uh, in the UK of colluding with, I mean, Am I missing? You're just quick thoughts on that. You know, um, my, my first thought is you want to laugh at it, but then there's something more sinister happening. Um, when they do these things and they know it's absolutely bogus, what it does is it weakens us um, on the world stage, right? Uh, people like Vladimir Putin and, and uh, China and Russia, they're looking over at the West and thinking that the West is collapsing, right? They're looking at us. I mean, uh, was it Vladimir Putin who gave a quote? I believe it was at the G20 summit. Don't, don't quote me at which summit it was at. And he basically said, you know, uh, the West is learning its lesson um, and what happens when you play, you experiment with liberalism for too long. Um, I think that they're seeing an opportunity here um, when we talk about the West. Right now, we should be actually working with Russia in a productive way because China is a huge threat. Um, but instead, we're, we're using these bogus claims pretending that there's some, you know, that they're a nightmare and they're trying to invade in our election cycles, and they know it's not true. And we are really weakening um, the way that the West is perceived. I, I, I adamantly watch a lot of the interviews that happen um, uh, in, in the East, and that seems to be the consensus um, that we are weakened and that we've become a joke. We can't even decide, um, you know, what bathroom to go into. Uh, and, yeah. and they've got their kids solving math problems at the age of four years old. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, always, I tell my daughter that all the time. I say, Isabel, you know, someone overseas in China or India, these countries over the world that value education, they're training to be your boss right now. So you better get going, kid. Hard work's the only way out. One final right. question this is an easy one for you, but I get this a lot. Uh, whenever the topic of Candace Owens comes up, whether my doctor or anyone else, they say, is Candace ever going to run for office herself? I say, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get her for an interview and I'll ask her. So are you ever going to run for office? 
I used to always say no to that question. Um, I can say no still to ever running for Congress. Uh, honestly, we sit through one of those things, days of our lives, sessions, as I call them, um, general hospital sessions on Capitol Hill. Um, and it really discourages you in terms of what uh, what our congressmen are even doing. But I'll say what Trump said decades ago. You know, if I thought my country really needed me, I would step up and I would do it. Um, but right now, I think we have an amazing person in office um, and we have a lot of great contenders to follow him. Um, so I'm going to do what I do best and, and stay on the ground and keep fighting for the freedom and the liberation of minorities in America. Amen. Well, that was a big, a lot of people asked me that. We just uh, talked to Candace Owens. Uh, Candace Owens is the author of Blackout. Book will be released in April. It's available for pre-sale now. Go get it, folks. Please support the work of Candace Owens. She's doing a great job. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, go check it out. Candace, thank you so much. I know you had a really busy day. My audience really wanted to hear from you. Thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. You're so welcome. Thank you guys so much. Welcome back, folks. I have a big announcement on our next guest. I promise you are going to love, love, love this one. We'll get to that in a second. I'll be, you are This one I'm expecting a major league audience on. Uh, today's show was also brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Wouldn't it be nice to use search engines uh, that you can trust? And if search engines and social media were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically, they are. What's the problem here? Keep dreaming. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary. These big tech companies have pushed their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights of conservatives. Are the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our data online? Come on. I don't want them using my web history, email metadata, or video searches against me. That's why I trust ExpressVPN and use it every time I go online. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity location using your public IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity's masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. ExpressVPN is the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. Does that sound complicated? It's not, I promise. ExpressVPN software takes just minutes to set up on your computer or phone. You tap one button and you are good to go. You are protected. So if you're like me, you believe your internet data belongs to you, not the tech elites. ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Use what we use. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino today and protect yourself from the tech elites. Folks, next week coming up, I am very excited to announce we will have on the show for a lengthy interview about the collusion hoax and Spygate and the Mueller witch hunt and Ukraine gate. Congressman Devin Nunes. If I had a mic, I'd drop it, but I don't. I only have a gavel. Do not miss the show, the interview show next week. I'm very excited about this. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Candace Owens for participating. We really appreciate it. Follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. Thanks, folks. See you next week. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.